Hey folks, welcome to episode 222 of the FLW Podcast in Grove, Oklahoma. I'm Jody White, joined by Kyle Wood. Yeah. <laughs> and his duct taped microphone. Yeah, I got down here and my microphone just like kind of fell apart. So uh, I got to hold it by hand. So if I sound like really loud or more loud than usual, it's probably because I'm holding this thing. And I don't know how this works. And if you sound really quiet, it's because you forgot you were holding it and you put it down. And I talk with my hands a lot, so there's a really good chance it'll get (laughs) very far away from my face at some point. All right, excellent. Um, We have, I think, uh, probably a good show because we had Bradley Hallman. And you talk with him at registration and Bradley Hallman's a gem. Yep, absolutely. So, folks, you got that. And then Kyle and I are going to come back and talk about Chickamauga and Grand Lake, a bunch of BFLs, and uh, leave you with that. So, just without further ado... Here's Mr. Bradley Hallman. All right. I think it's rock and rolling. All right. So uh, we will welcome this week on the podcast. We're here at Grand Lake. We have Bradley Hallman. Um, I think for this one, Jody and I, uh, I feel like we were kind of leaning heavy on like local guys or guys with a lot of experience on Grand because coming into this tournament, you know, we knew it had been cold down here. We knew you guys had a lot of rain. Um, you know, I talked to you for the preview article that went on the website about Grand. That was a couple weeks ago. Yep. Um, but I guess, you know, now with practice under our belt, we're sitting here right before registration meeting. Just tell me how, in your eyes, this tournament's shaken out. It, it's somewhat like, you know, we thought it would be. You know, mm-hmm. we're kind of in that March funk, and, and fishing's just really, really tough. Um, it's tough to generate bites. Um, the quality's still there if you get a bite. Sure. But getting bites is an issue and then also getting hookups sometimes we're getting a lot of uh i don't know it's weird they just they'll hit the bait really hard but you it's really hard to get a hook in them it's like they're hitting it with their mouth closed um so putting that on top of the fact of trying to get five bites in the day sure and if three of them are like that then you're only putting two fish in the boat it makes things and it's common across the board i mean there's a lot of guys having the same issues it's it's just kind of the state that the fish are in they're just cold and coming out of this um into their spring spawning ritual, you know. Sure. It's just right around the corner. Which, uh, that brings me to a good point. What are you seeing for water temps? Well, you know, uh, we did that interview for uh, the pre-show yep. here, and I talked a little bit about the fact that it would warm up really quick, that it would be cold, but it yep. would almost act like a Florida lake, and that's what's happened. Oh, okay. um, The water's got a lot of color to it. When we got here and started practice on Sunday, we were in the high 40s in a lot of places, 48, 49-degree water. And by the end of practice, just in three days, um, with the sunshine and stuff, we're looking at stuff. There's a lot of water. It's in the 60s. Wow. Yeah, okay. And this is even main lake stuff. Like not, you know, obviously it's probably the surface. It's sure, warming, sure. But there's so much water color right now. We've had a lot of rain, and there's a lot more color in the lake than than usual. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that also has a big effect on the quickness of how fast it's going to warm. Okay. Well, and if you're listening to this and you're wondering about the watercolor thing, uh, Jody took some really cool drone shots awesome. uh, for our lake tour thing. So if you're listening and you want to find that out, it's an article called Get to Know Grand. And, uh, yeah, he's got some really cool shots where you can see that kind of mud, dirty water. Yep. It gets some more of that stain. Yep. Um, which, you know, I guess doesn't surprise me that it would warm up that quick with stuff like that. In terms of just the thing I like that you said in the preview article I did with you, was that 
you can really catch fish all over Grand. You know, it's not like some lakes where there's like hot spots. You'll see guys right. bundled up here. Right. Now, you'll see guys up the Grand River or the Osho or, uh, you know, down by the dam. But you really can catch a big bag pretty much across the board. Mm -hmm. Will it still be like that given the conditions we Absolutely. have? Absolutely. That's okay. what's exactly that what's going to happen. There's going to okay. be guys catch them within three miles of the dam. There's Elk River's definitely going to play this week. Sure. Um, some stuff on up the Neosho River's going to play. The Bee Creek and some of that stuff up there, it's got wood. Um, and then the Wolf Creek, where takeoff is, is right. going to play. Um, that sailboat bridge area is kind of what we call it here locally. It's a bridge that, that runs across the main span of the lake yep. there, and that's a popular area. So uh, when this thing's said and done, you're going to see guys scattered out throughout this reservoir. Okay, I can dig that. I, looking at the forecast, you know, the first two days of the event seem pretty decent. There's a chance of storms maybe in the evening every day, mm -hmm. but warm. Warm. We hit the weekend then, and things kind of cool down. What's that do to Grand Lake Bass? They're already cold, and, you know, they're, they're just now warming up. So I don't think that cold front's going to be a big setback from where we already are. Okay. Um, the big question is, is just, just this couple of days that we're having right now, of course, we had an off day today, so we're not on the water, and it's actually the warmest day that we've had since we've been here, um, along with a lot of wind and current, which helps kind of stir the, the heating pot. Sure. Um, so we're hoping that that helps us all the way across the board where we have some better results come first day of the tournament. Would it be weird for the folks listening that may not know a lot about Grand? Because um, the tour event we had here in 13 was in June. Right. You know, so it's kind of, you can't really look back at that and, and gauge, you know, how things are going. But to me, Grand seems, and with our proximity to the Ozarks, it'd be like a, a Beaver Lake or a Table Rock or something where, like, in the spring, if it does get cold, they're just kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, they just keep doing their thing. Is that yeah, absolutely. Grand Lake Fish? It's okay. definitely got an Ozark to it. Um, you know, it's a deeper, the bottom end of it's a deeper, yep. steep reservoir. So it takes a long time to heat that deeper water up. Sure. It also takes a lot longer to cool it off. So a little cold front late in March or in April is not going to slow them down a whole lot. The other thing I was thinking about uh, on my way here today was, you know, at a lot of tour events, I feel like we don't have a, a huge group of locals, if you will, or guys with a lot of experience on the body of water. Sure, there'll be, you know, three, four, five guys, but to me it seems here when you look around, like, all the Oklahoman guys in this, all you Okies, uh, guys from the Ozarks, you got, like, Jeremy Gloria, Greg Bohannon's fish. Absolutely. A billion tournaments here. Yep. Uh, Casey Scanlon, like, the list kind of just keeps going on and on. In your opinion, does having any or past history here or a lot of experience on Grand, will that help you this week? It probably you know, I'm hoping that it does. Generally speaking, being a local at Grand, Grand's such a great lake, and the fact that they do come from one end to the other, sure. a lot of times there's not a big a local advantage from being here because the lake's just so good that people yeah. come and get in areas and they grind it out and they can beat you. Um, but this week is definitely different because it is so difficult to get bites. A lot of guys are really just struggling on where they should be fishing. Should I be in flat stuff? Should I be in steep stuff? Um, and I think some of the local guys are going to be able to at least spend the majority of their time in high potential sure. areas. Okay. Um, gosh, what else do I want to know about Grand Lake? I feel like I'm kind of just ready to get this thing started all on. I'm sure you oh, are, yeah, too. Oh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Get it rolling. Um, just fun fact, what is your biggest fish you've ever caught in Grand? I don't know. Um, I would say it's probably a seven, seven and a half. I don't know that I've even weighed it. I know the biggest bag I've ever caught here was 27, 27. Dang. And it was actually this time of year. It was the last week of March. 
Which is when, I mean, we've seen over the years, like I remember Zach Burge caught like 29 pounds in a mm-hmm. BFL about right. the same time. Yep. Uh, so like big bags in this okay, lake this time of year right isn't there. a surprise by any means. No, not at all. Uh, we're, getting, ahead, we're getting yelled at by Bill Taylor. The final thing I want to go with is, again, back to the preview article, you said something like, uh, I can't remember the specific, 75 to 80 pounds would win it. Maybe yeah. mid, yeah. Yeah. mid to upper 70s. Are you standing by that right now? No, we're definitely backing off that number. <laughs> Backing off that number, <laughs> I'm thinking 60-65. Uh, 60-65, all right. It's that tough? Well, uh, I'm excited to see you guys get out there. I, we mentioned it before. There are a pile of four- and five-pound fish in this lake. Absolutely. And if you can get five of them things in the boat, you're going to be right in a hurry. Uh, Mr. Holman, I appreciate it. Again, uh, where can the folks listen and following you throughout the course of the rest of the season and this tournament? your whole career um definitely just my social media bradley home and fishing you can find me on instagram twitter all of it i'm there i love it man well uh good luck this week and i'm gonna let you get in this meeting before bill yells at us okay <laughs> all righty so i guess we're gonna start this thing off and talk about chickamauga uh yeah the costa yeah um which was kind of a barn burner kind of not like it really wasn't that good yeah. But some, like, pretty big deal things happened, is is what I would say. You know what I mean? Like, it was it was good, but not great. Um, yeah, that's a good way to put it. But anyhow, I'm going to look up, I got to look up an old story from it, because I want to know for sure what I'm dealing with as far as, like, Butler's, like, record situation. Sure. But anyhow. Do you want? The, do I need to like stall more for you no, while you no, look no. that up? We're okay, we're good. We're good. Okay. I've finished stalling. Cool. It's been a Got successful it. stall. Got it. Uh, but Brent Butler won, uh, and he had sixty-eight-eight over three days. Uh, most of that was caught on day two. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> he caught thirty-seven pounds five ounces on day two. Um, Oofta. Which is the uh, fifth biggest bag in Costa FLW Series history. Wow. Um, all four ahead of him are from Falcon. Yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Which, the fact that we haven't been the Falcon is obviously a huge failure on somebody's part. Because I think it's still got him. I think it does. I'm actually uh, like 99% sure it's still got him. Maybe not quite to that level, but... you And I don't think you're like as likely to get shot now. All uh, I'm saying is let's go. As you were for a little while. So yeah, I'm down. Let's have the Forestwood Cup on Falcon. Ooh. This year. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I, think I don't a, care a how hot it's going to be. mid-season event change, that's fine. It'll be all right. And the thing is, it'd be hot. They'd still probably catch the crap out of them. Oh, dude, could you imagine a deep cranking bite? Woo! It'd be off the chain. Anyway, Keith Combs, Ri- Richard, Kathy, Joe Donsatina, Michael Yoder. Those are your four names ahead of Brent Butler. Uh, Combs had 41-1. The other ones are 39 and then 38. Dang. Um, other than, on the, on this list, uh, Butler is the only guy who caught his fish outside of either Texas or Florida or California. That's impressive. That was a cool one. Yeah. Because, like, that says a lot about what he did, but also says a lot about the lake. For sure. You know, that actually there was a place that was capable of producing this in the throes of a major tournament because some dudes actually caught 40 pounds on kentucky lake not too long ago mm-hmm. and you know people catch huge bags weird places sometimes yep 
but to do it actually during a major tournament, there's a whole bunch of other really good dudes on the water. Like, man, wicked impressive. Super impressive, especially, you know, Chickamauga is one of those lakes where you hear a lot about, like, the size of fish that are in there. I mean, because there are some grossly large fish that cruise around, and they were even in practice for this Costa, there were guys catching great big ones, you know, like 10-pounders, like stuff you only hear about in Texas, Florida, and California. Yeah. So um, to do it on Chick, even though, you know, like, you know, we've seen uh, BFLs with big weights and stuff like that. I'm with you, like, for the time of the year, knowing what we know that Chick should be able to kick those kind of weights out, to see it done in a Costa, that's pretty sweet. I would love to bring another Costa there. Um, or a tour event there that time of year, that pre-spawn time, because mm-hmm. that's when you have the chance to do that. You, yeah. You're not going to catch that bag in May, in oh, yeah, no. June. So, like, gosh, it'd be cool to just shoot for it That'd again. That'd be sweet. So, we should do a tour event there in, like, February, A-Rig only. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hey, speaking of which, so Brent actually didn't catch all his fish on an A-Rig. He caught some fish on an A-Rig, but he Naturally. also caught fish on a jerkbait and a swimbait and a lipless. Like, yeah, he had a lot of things going on. He had a lot of things going on, and I guess he really knows the lake, and so that kind of helps you to have a lot of things going on. Mm-hmm. And the situations of the lake were, like, day one, the water was still i think coming down or was coming up but it was still flowing really hard and then like it kept coming up throughout the tournament but the flow kind of decreased like it made for a very from what i understand made for a very volatile event yeah um which makes sense uh it's spring you got some weird things going on with the water it makes Mm -hmm. sense that you would need a variety of patterns and there were a lot of guys who like caught them on day one and then really never came close to catching them as good as yeah. they did on day one. And I think a lot of that has to do with that current had fish positioned. And as you went along, those fish got looser and looser. Yep. Uh, and Brian Thrift got better and better and yeah. finished second. <laughs> um, which, dude, could you imagine, uh, like your butler, you had a pretty good day on the last day. You know, he caught 16 pounds on the last day. Like, that's solid, 16-11. Can you imagine watching Brian Thrift, like, come in just... And you'd be like, uh-oh, oh, did I no. catch enough? <laughs> like, it's Chickamauga. Like, if you saw Brian Thrift walking up with a really big bag uh-huh. in the last day, you would you would get a little worried. Oh, um, for sure. But anyway, congratulations to Brent. Uh, and, of course, congratulations to Brian Thrift for not being terrible for once. He took a whole <laughs> derby off. <laughs> and he is back. <laughs> I mean, look. I wouldn't actually be shocked if there was a day at Grand this week where he didn't catch a limit. It, well, yeah. But, and like, I also fully expect him to be in the top ten. Yeah. So, we'll see. I think uh, the only other note I have from Chick is just to, like, drive home the point of how, you know, you said it was a pretty good event, but also not that great. Like, tenth place, uh, Steve Stanfill, 38-14, only caught ten fish. Yeah, now he didn't catch any on the last day. Right. Which, like, that leads me to believe he might have been trying to do something stupid. He might have been. Rusty White also only weighed 10 fish, but caught 52-10. Like, you saw guys without complete limits. Yeah. Dude, Rusty White caught three fish for, like, 17 pounds on day two. Dude, 
had some big like, bites. Whoa, <laughs> that was wild. Yeah. Um, if he could have filled his limit with fish like that, he would have won the thing going away. He oh, would have had man. sixty pounds through two days, just yeah. about. Like it would have been off the chain, unreal. But so it was a cool tournament, um, and like, but it was. Just because the numbers were a little bit harder, it was sort of harder to come by. It just yeah. fell a little shy of like kind of those dreams you have of Chickamauga, where yeah, it's just yeah. like four pounders, five pounders, just literally everywhere. Like we had one at Gunnersville in 2015, I think, this time of year. Yeah, that and was that insane. was like that was what you dream about, where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, another 20 pound bag. Jeez, what are you doing holding up a six pounder? I've seen 30 yeah. already. <laughs> you know, like. You, where you stopped for like an 11 or a 10 or a 9. And it was this was still like that, but just at Gunnersville, that tournament, you had those filler fish. Yep. Everybody had a couple three-pounders, a couple five, four-pounders if they needed yep. them in their bags. Here, a lot of times that filler fish didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but still, baller derby. Oh, for sure. Um, also, even uh, more baller because my guys took the dub. Dude, I I gotta get this back on track, and, and maybe I will. Maybe it's just not my year. Well, one thing that I think I've identified where you might be going wrong here is you've been taking Brian Schmidt. Well, yeah, that is. Uh, I think uh, I am officially maybe done with that. Or until third time's a charm. <laughs> I mean. What's the next? Is it Santee? It's Santee, right? For the southeast, yeah. yeah. Yep. You could do pretty good there. Mm, yeah, I don't know. I might. I might have some other guys. I tell you what, you let me take him at the Potomac. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, that might be all right. Maybe the Johnstons are fishing that one. They probably are. I mean, I'm not gonna take him first if the Johnston. <laughs> After this, I'm just done. I'm gonna take him like twelfth. He's done. He can't catch fish. It's okay, Brian. Sorry, right. Brian. We love you. We know you will catch fish eventually. Um, should we talk about Grand? Yes. Uh, Kyle, what is what interests you about Grand Lake? What's what's on the docket? Do you want me to tell you anything? Did Hallman tell you anything particularly interesting? I haven't listened to that interview yet. What's the what are we gonna do? No, here? he didn't tell me anything particularly interesting, other than, uh, like, it sounds as though and this is i guess kind of the you know me from afar looking at grand we knew this was going to be probably not a super easy tournament yeah i mean there was the chance that it was but it was yeah they just hadn't had a lot of like things would have had to happen really well um i mean it's gorgeous out today like i'm sure today dude oh yeah probably probably good um but i guess uh I'm curious to just see how guys, you know, I feel like we we mention this all the time, but, like, dudes gripe and moan all the time in practice, right? And there are some times in these tournaments where we're kind of like, oh, dang, like, these dudes are probably for real. Yeah. I'm curious to see what goes down tomorrow and Friday when dudes are actually, like... This, having this rough of a time? Yeah. Or at least, you know pretending they're having this rough of a time yeah because i mean like uh you've been texting me throughout practice like you know it definitely seems like some local guys are getting after it yeah and you know maybe not having the worst time um 
there are definitely get. I mean, I've seen too many pictures of rocks caught, which seems very odd. Yeah, like here's the thing. I mean, I've caught a rock before. It happens, <laughs> but I didn't expect that to be the theme of practice. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty much either Sheldon Collins holding up big ones. Or other guys catching rocks. Yeah. It's, which is interesting to me. It is. Um, <laughs> I don't think I've seen that amount of rock caught before. I mean, I don't hate it, though. I mean, rocks are fine. Yeah. I Bass guess. like hanging kind of around them, so. Yeah, so you're in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of drum here. Sheepshead, Gaspergoo, yep. etc. A lot of those on this lake, from what I understand. Um, I do kind of think that, and we've talked about this, the locals might have a pretty distinct advantage in this one. Yeah. Um, I think that the the fact that today's so warm and that we'll see how the wind shakes out on days one and two of the tournament. Mm-hmm. But if that turns out to be really, if it does turn out to be really windy and like that limits things, that could maybe depress that local advantage a little bit just because they won't get to fish what they want to fish. Sure. But man, I, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the Oklahoma boys catch them. Yeah, I'm with you. And I also kind of wouldn't be surprised if on day four, like, the top three are, like, a long way in front of 10th place. Yeah. Like, I could see some guys figuring something out a lot better than other people do. The thing I like, what Holman said to me in the interview, like, on the on the note of the locals doing well, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, sometimes just, like, fishing the right area on Grand can be like the deal to getting bit or doing the right running the right pattern or whatever it is he was like you know do i think that the majority the majority of us locals are gonna probably be able to fish more productive water you know throughout the day like they're gonna know where i'm fishing now i'm probably gonna get bit Whereas some of these guys have never been here before even though we have had a lot of coasts we've had a lot of central division events we've had a lot of uh this usually was the precursor to Beaver Lake, so it, yeah. a high number of tour pros would fish this event mm-hmm. before they'd roll like an hour east. Yep. Um, but still, there's a lot of guys, there's a lot of fresh blood here, there's a lot of guys that still haven't really spent a whole lot of time. So Hallman kind of thinks maybe some of them are messing around in stuff that isn't as productive, and it's distracting them from getting to what should be productive, if that makes sense, which is where he thinks the advantage comes from. Not necessarily like... Uh, I'm going to go flip this dock because it usually has a four-pounder on it. It's just, yeah. ooh, this happens. Because it is kind of an Ozarky lake. We talk about this a lot on Beaver or Table Rock. Yeah. Or, uh, it's a conditional lake, I think. Yeah, like something's happening. Ooh, i got to go do this. The wind's blowing really good, you know, the first two days. Well, maybe you know stretches of banks as a local that... You're going to roll up on with a spinnerbait or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and you can get right. And then, you know, things are going to change Saturday. You're probably going to have to adjust what you're doing. Because uh, it's like a, it's almost kind of a day-to-day bite kind of thing. Uh, maybe not to the full extent of a complete, like a uh, Lake of the Ozarks, Table Rock, Beaver, something like that. But it definitely kind of mimics that. Yeah. No, I can see that. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Like, mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm really curious how Collings does. Honestly. Yeah. Like. I think he's got a real shot to, you know, go win this derby and, like, kind of fall, like, top ten in a W. Like, that would be kind of cool. There um, aren't, uh, I was I was also kind of talking to Holman about this. There aren't a whole lot of times where we put tons of emphasis on locals. 
But then again, usually, like, Okeechobee, you know, there's, like, a couple of dudes that we know might do well. And it's really, like, say the McMillans. Yeah. And, like, a Scott Martin. Right? Yeah, and even then, like, Scott Martin historically has done well on Okeechobee, but he's not a guy who you just count on to be in the top ten. But there's not a lot of... When we were here in 2013, I think myself and a lot of the other uh, people working the event were like, well, Jason Christie's going to win this, right? Like... Yeah. No brainer. Which he did. Yeah. Uh, but also we did see a lot of other guys with experience do pretty well. Um and I think this week there's a really good chance that a lot of these local guys that we expect to do well, like a Collings, uh Chad Warren, uh maybe like a Derek Fulps, Jimmy Houston. I was gonna ask about that. Like I think these guys could actually kind of live up to the hype, which would yeah. be sort of a rare moment in professional fishing that all of these local guys actually catch them. Because a lot of times the locals get hyped up, and some of them do, but mm-hmm. some of them also don't. And yeah. I, I think that, like, uh, Tim Frederick has proved that a number of times on the Harris on the Harris chain now. Yeah, yep. Um, and, like, it totally can happen where you don't catch them. Um and Cordiano was saying that, like, Grand is, like, the meanest lake in Oklahoma. Yeah, I really did like that. Um, and uh, I get that because we've seen some we've seen some guys have some really bad days. Oh, absolutely. But if you go back to when Burge won that Costa, he caught, like, two fish on the first day. Mm-hmm. And then he just, coom, 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 his way back on up. Yep. Um, so, I don't know. It's going to be it's gonna be a wild ride, I think. It's, I think it's going to be a fun one to follow along with. Yeah. Um, it may not be like the most hopping FLW live where fish, 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 yeah. but I think every fish is going to count a lot. If that, that makes lot. sense. Like you're going to see a lot of real critical fish. Cause there's not a lot of like two pound keepers getting caught. Yeah. It's usually it's like either a 12 incher or a four. Yep. Yeah. Really good quality. Like five to eight bites a day. Depending on what some guys are doing. But, yeah, this isn't going to be a barn burner, Lake Champlain. Yeah. It's not one where you can just pencil in. Everybody has three pounders and just go from there, you know. Um, Let's see. Is there any other Grand Lake stuff we should touch on? Um, I want to look at the standings real quick because we've done this a little bit before each one. Um, Terry Bolton says he had a bad practice. He also had a bad practice at Seminole. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got a... 11-point lead. You think uh, old TB is still leading the leading the race after this thing? Man, I got First of f- all, everybody, go read the story Kurt wrote. It's great. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to read that. That is a really good story. Um, and then after you read that, you can ponder the fact that, I mean, I do think Bolton can hold on. Like, the guy, to me, and especially after reading that story, which I think you and I have Everything that was said in that story I've heard from Terry kind of throughout talking with him at every tournament yeah. so far this year. But, like, he's just so good in tournaments like this where you're not getting a lot of bites and you know that, like, when you get one, you got to make it count. Like, I think that's where him being the veteran he is will come through clutch. Now, I'm not saying he's going to top ten, but I do think he will probably piece together something well enough. And Bolton's so good in the spring. Like, so good. Yeah. Uh, and doing this, like, uh, 
cranking spinnerbaiting. I mean, I feel like we've talked about it a lot, but if there's a dude that can be like going down a bank and look over mid tournament and be like, I should really go fish this thing that I haven't even remotely thought about until today because of the whatever conditions present themselves with, I think it's Bolton. And I think he will probably hold on. I can really see Webster doing well here. Um, I definitely, Jeremy Lawyer. I definitely look for Lawyer to make up some ground. Dude, uh, I think... Not that he's having a terrible year. I mean, he's in ninth. I yeah, he's doing great. I foresee him breaking into the top five for sure after this event. Yeah, I, I guess I would have to math it out to see what he would need to do versus what other guys would need to do. Because there is a decent point differential. But yeah, I feel like this could be a really good Jeremy Lawyer event. Um, just because, I mean, man, he's caught him. Like, mm-hmm. pretty steady this year, pretty steady last year. Yeah. And he knows how to fish this kind of lake under these kind of conditions. Yes. You know, there's there's no Grand Lake technique that he is not essentially an expert at from his time in the Ozarks. Yep. I know he spent time here. Like, I think, honestly, I think he might be kind of a dark horse for the win. Like, I just because most of the guys we're talking about are Oklahoma guys. Mm-hmm. You know, your Collings, your uh, Warrens, Cordiana. Hallman, and I don't really see any reason why uh, Jeremy Lawyer couldn't, you know, go ahead and catch those fish too. You know what I mean? I absolutely buy that. And again, I think it comes back to a little of that, like, guys that spend time in the Ozarks and kind of recognize, like, their their ability to adapt on the fly is really, really good. Lawyer fits yeah. that bill to a T, and I think that pays off big time on a body of water like Grand Lake in the spring with tough conditions. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. And I, th- I think it's, I mean, we'll see. But I, I think that this is also going to be an event where we likely see a lot of movement in the AOI standings yeah. because we're getting out of grass for the first time this year, really. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be tough. And so we're going to, I don't want to say we're going to see folks who've been imposters drop out of it or anything like that. Cause that doesn't give guys enough credit right. for being good fishermen. But I think that there's a very good chance that, you know, a guy who's in, you know, 10th could drop down to 30th or yep. vice versa as things really sort of shake up for the stretch run of the season. And it, I think it's also a little odd this year, this year in the fact that we're now going to be four tournaments in, and we're kind of getting our first curveball-y event of the year in terms of AOI standings. Because usually we have, like, that Florida drop, yeah, a like tournament or two usually, in. Usually... That's when guys stumble, yeah, you, and then it sorts itself out after that. And at this point, like, kind of a lot of the guys who were doing well have been doing well the whole time. Yeah. You know, like, they haven't had... There hasn't been a tournament where a bunch of the AOI leaders, like, just dropped out off the yep. plane of the earth and this could be one where like you see a good chunk of guys have a tough derby yes um, we'll see i i mean i guess for their sake i hope they don't but there's probably a bunch of guys in 80th in points who are like <laughs> right. all right bring it to me yep absolutely <laughs> so we'll see uh you want to give us the bfl rundown uh yes or is there anything else we want to talk about in grand no no i think that's a good uh i bet we'll have all kinds of fun things to talk about next week after the tournament yeah. And, um... You know there's another tournament next week? There's a Costa. Costa FLW Series event. Yes. On Kentucky Lake. Yep. Speaking of which... There's another tournament after that, and it's on Cherokee. It's a tour event. Yeah. 
I almost There's said no Douglas. tournament after that. No. no, there isn't. It's Easter. I start the practice for Smith that. the weekend after that. Yeah. Okay. No. In case you wanted like a lot of tournaments, we got them. <laughs> yeah, we're. Uh, <laughs> All right. What do we got here? Speaking of Kentucky Lake, you were about to do a great segue. I'm yeah. sorry, I stepped on you. No, man. no, no, that's fine. We had a BFL on Kentucky Lake oh. over the weekend. LBL division event. Um, How many limits were caught? Well, that's a good question. I'll find out. Not that many. Just based on looking at the top ten. But, uh, while you look that up, Rob Vanerson won it. Uh, he weighed 21 pounds, 5 ounces. Basically fished like the west side of the lake from Kentucky Dam Marina to the 68 Bridge. Uh, caught like 15 keepers. He was throwing a 3-8 ounce uh, chatterbait with a swim bait on it. And that's pretty much it. He was fishing like secondary flat, secondary flats, as I say that word, um, with like ditches leading into the pocket, and he was just kind of like working the chatterbait along. Um, Dude, I got a good spot like that. Running a bunch, he ran a bunch of them just up and down that west side, and uh, caught his fish. That's um, about it. Two limits on the boater side. Mm. No limits on the co-anger side. Mm. I did like a little zero symbol with my hands in case anyone was uh, trying to see. Uh, So, I mean, we'll see how... Kentucky Lake, she's back! We'll we'll see how the coast goes. (laughs) It's going to be better than that, probably. It will. It's uh, also going to kind of be a bummer, (laughs) probably. (laughs) Well, we'll see. Um, moving on, we had a Bulldog Division event on Lake Oconee. Uh, it was presented by Navionics. Barry Stokes won it 21 pounds, 11 ounces. Um, so Stokes basically was like, hey, I'm going to go into this tournament and just kind of like, whatever happens in the event, I'm just going to roll with it. Like, in terms of going with the flow kind of deal. So... Uh, his co-angler caught a three and a half pounder from a seawall uh, pretty early so on. So he fished seawalls all day. Yeah, he was like, so I'm going to pick up a jig and start flipping around. And then he caught a three and a half pounder. And then he just kind of like um, kept fishing around those, like where rocks in shallower water had deep water right nearby. Uh, caught most of his fish in like three to four feet of water uh, on a quarter ounce or a three-eighths ounce underground tackle jig. Um, he also... Caught some fish, or caught a good fish um, on a Carolina rig with a Zoom lizard. Um, that was about it. Kind of boot scooting around, 2111, boom. You know another good way to fish a Zoom lizard? <laughs> you got to cast it out, reel it back in, and twitch it. Yeah, you got to like burn it and then kill it. Yeah. Hey, side note. So I re-listened to that section of the podcast because I wanted to listen to your interview of Sheldon Collins. Oh, which sure. I enjoy Thank you. Uh, but then I skipped us talking. I went straight to the TW section. It's great. I've also had some good feedback. So, folks, <laughs> not this episode, but future episodes, it's coming back. We got you. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Oh, we had another BFL. There were five, so, so this quite is a the few. third one. Uh, Bama Division event on Lake Eufaula. Uh, right. Josh Strackner won it with 22 pounds, 9 ounces. Um, he basically... Fish kind of like mid-lake, and he caught some, like, sight fishing. He caught some just, like, fishing around. Um, he 
caught a big one off a of bed early and then uh, just kind of ran from there. He threw, I guess most of his fish were on a Texas rig Sanko. Uh, he also fished like a, I guess it'd be like a pre-spawn spot, like a little offshore spot with the Strike King 6XD. Um, that was, but like everything that he did was easily within sight of each other, if that made sense. Like the pre-spawn cranking spot. And then where he did some sight fishing was all very close together. Pretty solid weights on you follow too, dude. You follow is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, who was it who told me? Clayton Bats told me that you follow is fishing better than Seminole. That's what um, it's got a lot of grass in it. It's got a lot of hydrilla. Yeah, that's what I heard. We should go to you follow next year. It would have been cool if guys could lock into it from Seminole. Can you get there from there? Yeah, it's a really long run. Oh. Dude, did Clint Brown has done it before in team tournaments. Uh, On Ufala, he'll lock down into Seminole. Classic. Yeah. You know, I think that um I think Scott Canterbury did that once. Yeah. I think he ran and he was like fishing a shad spawn or something like that. And I think he won a Costa doing that. I think you're right, because I think Clint was talking about that. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, folks, we're off track. <laughs> per usual. Um, we had another BFL, North Carolina Division event on Lake Wiley. Guess who won it? <laughs> well, usually I'd guess Jamie Rampey, but he hasn't been catching any fish this year. Wrong. Jamie <laughs> Rampey won it with 19 pounds, 13 ounces. Um, in true Jamie Rampey fashion, I feel like when when he wins an event, it's just kind of like, I did a lot of stuff. That's basically kind of what he did. He threw... Uh, striking square bill around. He got him on a square bill and an umbrella rig. Gosh, oh uh, man. Yeah, an A rig with uh, Zoom Swimming Super Fluke Juniors and the Buckeye G Man Finesse Swim, swim Bait Head. Um, he did catch an eight six, which that's big. That's a good one. That's a real good one. Uh, but other than that, yeah, most of his fish were also pretty shallow. This was uh, Rampy's uh, ninth career BFL win which makes him tied for ninth all-time in number of BFL wins. Yeah. He's going to set the record, isn't he? Oh, I think without question. Like, and it's probably going to happen in the next five years. Yeah, because he usually wins like... Two or three a year? Yeah. And so you keep that up over a couple of years, like... I don't know exactly what the record is. I think it's like 12. But like, dude, he's going to do it. That'll be mm-hmm. awesome. I can't wait. We got to find out... Next week, we're going to find out some more BFL record stats. Some Ooh, W yeah. stats. So we can we're going to those around? Yeah, we're going to bring that to you. I got you. Uh, the other one, the final one we had was an Archie Division event on Lake Dardanelle, presented by Navionics. Kelly Keith won it. Great name. 21 pounds, 3 ounces. Hey, pretty good weights this week. Yeah, real good weights across the board. Um, Tis the season. So he fished like 100 yards uh, stretch um, like basically around Illinois Bayou which is fairly close to where most tournaments take off on the bottom end of Darnell and uh, so he had like two spots he had like one he was like yeah I'm pretty sure no one's going to be fishing there and then he had another spot that he was like yeah, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going fish- to be fishing there which is Illinois Bayou because it gets a lot of attention well he was boat three so he was like well I'm going to go to the spot where uh, I think everyone's going to be fishing Turns out it started catching the crap out of them. So uh, it was like a little hump in like two three to two to three feet of water with like 10 feet of water next to it. 
um, kind of near where some fish wanted to spawn. He caught them on a uh, 316 ounce Gamagatsu uh, Shiggy Head with a Z-Man Fatties on it. And uh, yeah, I had like a caught a dozen fish, called a couple times. They were all just good, good quality. And just kind of camped, picked it apart. Okay, I like it. Um, so uh, in fifth, Christopher Jones mm-hmm. did good. Uh, our man. Uh, then he went and fished the team derby on Grand on Sunday. Oh. Finished like 11th there. So, have himself a good weekend. It was a good weekend for Chris Jones. Yeah. When's it not? You're Chris Jones. Well, yeah, that's a fair point. And now, folks, as you know, we're talking about the Chris Jones that fishes, not the Chris Jones that talks. Bokoshi, Oklahoma's Chris Jones, or Christopher yep. Jones. But Chris Jones is more fun to say, I feel like. Yeah, and he goes by it. Yeah, he does. Yeah. This, the problem is there's another Chris Jones. There's a lot of Chris Joneses is yeah. the is the issue. Yes. Um, Semi-common name. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, maybe a really common name if you're a fisherman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyhow, Kyle, I think that pretty much wraps things up. I think it does. Um, folks, uh, FLWFishing.com is your home all week. Uh, should be a good derby. Um, let's see. I think that's it. Yeah, pretty You're much. You're on Instagram. It's at Kyle Lumber. There's Sturgeons. Um, yep. I'm on Instagram. It's at Jody Blanco. FLW is on every social media platform that you can mm-hmm. imagine. It's FLW Fishing. Yep. Uh, and I guess uh, that pretty much does it. I think so. Let's uh, get this derby started. See ya.